0: How are you all doing tonight? You good? Isn't it awesome to be in a place where the worship team encounter and bring you into the presence of God? Amen. Man, you guys did awesome. Let's give them a round of applause. Well done, guys. Alrighty. Alrighty. Just get this thing sorted out. Here we go, imagine this, you're in a, that's right, Star Wars, who's seen Star Wars, it was cool, but anyway, imagine this, you're in a building, you've got your wife and your kids, or if you're female, you've got your husband and your kids, and uh, and and you're curled up in the side of a room, just with so much fear, with so much just worry about what's outside, you're so scared that you wouldn't dare go out that front door, You're so scared that that you're you're huddled together, hugging each other in fear for your life. Imagine living a life like that, where there's gunfire around you outside, where there's F-16 fighter planes flying over top, ready to bomb the heck out of the city you live in. Where there is grenades going off, where there's people screaming for their lives, please don't kill my kid, but they were so innocent. Imagine living in a world like that. You know what? There are people who live in countries like that today. You know, you look at society today, you look at the world today, and we live in a worn, torn world. Where you look at Iraq and the war that's been over there, and still people are dying. Afghanistan, you know, Israel, where people are scared to go to their local Maccas, because of fear that a suicide bomber might come into that place and destroy heck out of that building, where people live in fear to to go out of their front door because of fear that they might die. That is the society that we live in. But yet, here being in Hawke's Bay, being in Hastings, being in New Zealand, we get comfortable because to us, the war is a long way away. It's all the way over that way. And, and we get comfortable, we sit, and we enjoy our good lives, and we do have a good here. We do have a good here. And praise God for that. But, and you think, man, I'm so thankful that war is not here. I want to tell you tonight that if you think you're not living in a war, if you think you're not living in a battle, then you are wrong. Because there is a war that goes on every day for your soul. There is a war that goes on every day for your friend's soul. There is a war that goes on every day, a battle that goes on every day for the lives and the souls of your family members. There is a war and a battle that goes on daily if you think that you can sit comfortably in your seats, if you think you can sit comfortably with a life. That 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 you don't need to do anything because you don't need to fight for anything. Then I want to tell you tonight, you are wrong. You need to change your mindset because the day that we're living, there is a very real enemy who is out to get every person, every soul that he can, and his name is the devil. You know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we do fight against spirits. We do fight against principalities. You know, the Satan, the devil, has a very real plan for your life. My message tonight is called Taking Ground. Taking ground in your own life, taking ground in the city, taking ground in in your school, taking ground in your business. Because we need to be men and women of God that take ground. We can't settle for sitting in one place and be comfortable and not worried about taking ground. Because eventually, you know, if you're in a war, if you're over in Vietnam and you just sit there comfortable, eventually they will track you down. Eventually they will find you and kill you. You will die if you sit in a place where you're comfortable, where your life is not being challenged, where your life and your spirit and, and, and everything and every part about you is not being challenged. Then your spirit man will die. The first, there's two keys that I want to bring out today about what we need to, to take ground. The first one is in James 4 verse 7 to 8. And it says this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The number one thing we need to take ground is we need to be connected to a good leader. You know, we have an awesome leader in this church, but that's not the leader I'm talking about. I'm talking about God. God is your leader. God is your source. If you're not connected to him, you look at... Most battles back in the day, back in time, and you look at battles in movies, you know, even though they're not real, but what it did take was someone with the vision, someone with the dream, someone with the passion, a good leader to lead the people on. You can be the best fighter, you can have the best skills with guns, you can be the best prayer, the best, you know, uh, know the most about the Word of God, but if you're not draw, drawing on your source as God, then eventually you will not go anywhere, you will not take ground. Because we need to be led by our source who is God. You look at, you look at guys in the Bible, and Dave touched on two of them like, this morning, and you look at Moses when he took the land of Egypt. Do you think he did it by himself? No. He was connected to the source who was God. He had his ears in tune with the voice of God. You look at Joshua when he took Jericho, but not only did he satisfy for that city, he went from city to city and continued to take that promised land that God had given them. Why? Because he kept his eyes and his focus on God, who was his source, who is your source tonight? Is it God? You look at Elijah, he kept his eyes and his focus on God, who was his source, when he stood up, said to the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, "You demonstrate the power of your God, I will demonstrate the power of my god we 'll see whose God is the best. We will see whose God is the strongest, and you know what? Their God had nothing, but it was the power of the living God who Elijah had his ears and his eyes in tune with who was the source and a nation was turned a nation was turned you know you can be sitting here because I tell you the number one strategy one of the number one strategies that the devil will use is to take your eyes and your focus off God how many people know that he will bring a relationship into your life he will bring money into your life It may be business, it may be the the need and the desire for a career, it may be the need and the desire for a relationship because there is a hurt and and there is pain from within that you need to draw on someone to heal. But a relationship won't do that, only God can. You know, I believe that there's people, you're sitting here and your life was once on fire, you once had a passion for God, you once were were just doing amazing things for God, you were seeing the power of God move and you're sitting there today and you're dead and you wonder why? Why? It's because you're taking your eyes off God who is your source. We need to get our eyes back and focus on God. Focus on God. Focus on God who is your source. Is God your source tonight? You know, I've seen and I've heard of people who have come to know God and, you know, they've been on fire. They've been passionate. They've been alive. They've been like, you know, just, just oh, talking about God, reading His Word, praying all the time, and you can't shut them up. And then you give it six months to a year, and along comes this beautiful, handsome man. How you doing? You yeah, 're like Joey Tribbiani. And you say, come follow me, man. And, you know, he says all the right words that just woo you, that just make you feel loved and accepted, man. You're so beautiful. I can take you places, baby. Come and follow me. Come on, man. I am your man. I am your love child. I'm your love doctor. Come on now, baby. And... And you get drawn by that. It's like, you're like, oh, he's so curious. Did you see the guy? He just cares about me so much. I love him. I love him. I will give him my life. I will give him my soul. I will give him my virginity. I love him. That person was sent from the devil to take your eyes and your focus off God. Maybe that is the one that God's got for you if they're in the church. Maybe it is. There is a time and a season for things. Young people, there's a time and a season for you to pursue a relationship. You know, if you're at school, now is not the time. Because they will take your eyes off God and eventually it could destroy your life. It could take your destiny away from you. And then you end up having to fight to get back because, you know, you pursued this relationship six months down the track of, you know, sleeping around and, and, and giving them your life. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, God, where is that passion I once had for you? God, where is that hunger I once had for you? I had all these dreams and desires. Where have they gone? I'll tell you where they've gone. Satan's coming, the enemy's come. He's robbed it, he's stealed it, he's destroyed it because his aim, main goal, his main purpose is to destroy your life. It's to take the life away from you. That is his main purpose. What is your eyes and your focus on tonight? Is it God? Is it money? Is it a career? The second thing is, is unity. How many people here know what unity means? Not many. This is the problem. This is the problem. You look at the church today. You look at the church within the nation today in New Zealand. I don't know what it's like in other nations, but you look at what it's like in New Zealand and you look at the division that there is amongst the church. The the church is so divided on their beliefs. The church is so divided on what they think and, and, and their opinions. You look at the civil union bill. And its main purpose was to divide the church. That was Satan's main purpose for it. Maybe among with us a few other things, but to divide the church. You've got Christians, you've got churches saying, who stand over this side and say, well, well there's not a clear sound on that. So I'm just going to sit here and leave my opinion to someone else. These other churches who are rising up and standing up and saying, this is wrong. This is not godly. This is not the way that God has, has designed the family. And then you've got other people who sit on the fence and don't even want to know because they're afraid if they stick their head up, it'll get shot off. If you don't stick your head up, you'll get shot off anyway. Because you're hiding. The church needs to be in unity. I want to show you a clip. hope your followers are ready and the sound's working. Of a dude who knew the importance of unity. Roll it.
1: Look around you. In the 7th Cavalry, we got a captain from the Ukraine, another from Puerto Rico. We've got Japanese, Chinese, blacks, Hispanics, Cherokee Indians, Jews and Gentiles, all Americans. Now, here in the States, some men in this unit may experience discrimination because of race or creed but for you and me now all that is gone we're moving into the valley of the shadow of death where you will watch the back of the man next to you as he will watch yours and you won't care what color he is or by what name he calls God They say we're leaving home. We're going to what home was always supposed to be. So let us understand the situation. We are going into battle against a tough and determined enemy. I can't promise you that I will bring you all home alive. But this I swear, before you and before Almighty God, that when we go into battle, I will be the first to set foot on the field, and I'll be the last to step off, and I will leave no one behind, dead or alive. We will all come home together. So help me God.
0: You see, Mel Gibson in that movie, We Were Soldiers, he knew the importance of being unified. He knew the importance as they were preparing to go into a battle to be unified even though that there were, you know, there were black, there were whites, there were Indians, there were guys from other nations, there were even Asian people and all sorts of people in his division. And and where that faced racial discrimination before, he knew that when going into battle, that needs to be left to the side, that needs to be left behind them. He knew that if they were going to win the battle, if they were going to take the ground, if they were going to be successful, then they needed to be unified. They needed to watch each other's back. Now, who here's played paintball? Man, I, play, I love it. It's an adrenaline rush. But I tell you what, that gives you a real look at what war's like. Man, I'm sitting there ready to shoot someone out of nowhere. Bam! Paintball hits me in the eye. It's like, where the heck did that come from? I would have been dead. And I didn't even see him. I didn't even see where it came from. And that is what war is like. But you know what? That's what war's like in the natural. That's what war's like in the spiritual too. The devil tries to do the same thing. He tries to blind us. He tries to bring division amongst the ranks. So therefore, he has a way in. He tries to get us to fight each other as opposed to keep our eyes focused on what God's called us to do, and that is to take ground. You look at Psalms. If you've got in your Bible, turn to Psalms 133. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head, running down on the bread, the bread of Aaron, running down on the edge of the garments. It is like the dew on Mount Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. He commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Where there's unity... God commands a blessing. If your life has not been blessed, are you in unity? Is there people you've been speaking about negatively to your mate? If we want this church to be, to be blessed and take ground, it needs to be in unity. If we want to take Hawke's Bay, we need to have a church of unity. We need to be one army with one voice, with one vision, and taking that ground. It says that Jew will descend upon the mountain. You look at a mountain and and it's shaped, you know, in a peak. And I believe that represents, the Jew represents God's presence of God. The power and the anointing of God descending on the head. Descending on the church. You know, I've had people ask me, do you think I need to be a member of a church? Yes, you do. Because when you are a member of a church, there's a covering and an anointing and a blessing that comes with that. Because you're you're under the church covering. So you're either under the covering, and if you are, then when the anointing of God hits the church, when financial blessing hits the church, when, when prosperity hits the church, it will flow down to the people who are in it. It will flow down to the people who are under the covering of the church. But if you're there and you're speaking negatively about senior leaders, if you're there and you're speaking negatively with your words about other people in the church, and you come out of that covering, you miss the blessing And the covering that comes with there's unity. You're either in and under the covering of God. You're either in and under the blessing of the church or you're not. If you're not standing in unity with senior leaders, if you're not standing in unity with with Pastor Mike and and with just any Joe Blogs in in the church, then you're not coming under the unity and the blessing that will descend upon this church. Because, you know, we are coming into a time of seeing great prosperity. We are coming into a time where we're impacting this region, impacting this generation. You're either in it or you're out of it. So easily have we spoken negatively about, you know, the Bible says there's power in your words. The words have power to bring life or death. People take it so, so oh, I just, well, never mind, it's not true. I'll tell you it's true. The moment you speak negatively about someone, you're sending a fiery dart to that person's life. And that person might have a life where it's going sweet. They're feeling the presence. They're feeling the power of God. They're in a good place. The next thing they know, they're under this attack. And they don't know why. And then they have to struggle and fight and work against that word that you've spoken. But not only does what you say come out upon that person, but also there's a thing that comes upon your life. And you come out of the blessing that God has for your life and the purpose and the will that God has for your life. Are you in unity today? You know, people have spoken on unity. The church has heard the need for unity, but I don't believe the church today has a revelation of the importance of unity and the power that comes when one army is unified. You look back in the day of uh, when the church, when when, when you know, like in Braveheart, and they would stand in a line and the enemy's plan would be to displace dis- uh, one person out of that line so then it exposes the people at the back. That's what the devil's strategy is, is to bring division, is to, is to, cause, to cause hurt and to cause pain in your life. And to cause you to start to think negatively about people cause you every little thing to start to bother you, cause you to uh, start to get angry inside and dwell on something because someone didn 't look at you, someone didn 't smile at you when you smiled back, or you asked for someone 's help and they didn 't help you the way you thought. You know the church is run by human beings. People will do things that hurt you. But the question is, how will you respond? How will you respond? And then just the last scripture, just as I close up, is in Acts 2, 46 and 47. It says, So continually daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house they ate with their food, gladness, simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church those who were being saved daily. Daily. That's what we want. People added to the church Daily. You know, in the book of Acts, you know, man, those guys, they didn't settle for what the world would say. They were, 11 times, roundabout says that they were within one accord in that book. And they saw people added daily. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw the sick healed. They saw the possessed set free. Why? Because they were in unity. They saw people added daily because they were in unity. They were in one accord. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. God commands a blessing. So, we need to get our eyes off the things people have done and look past that. Forgive them. Forgive them. If you've been misheard, if you've been misjudged, if you've been wronged, let God deal with it. God will deal with it. It's not your place. You aren't God. I love it in that Bible with a prostitute. And it says, Jesus says, A man who has not sinned casts the first stone. You know, we've all sinned. We all stuff up, we all do things that are wrong. If we are to take ground, we need to keep our eyes focused on the source. We need to keep our eyes focused on God, and we need to be in unity. We need to be in unity. If the musicians want to come up, and uh, we're just going to wrap it up. You know what? Unity is so important. And I believe that there's people here today, and and you know you you've spoken badly about about other people in the church. You know, you, you've been in a place where you, you haven't even wanted to know other people. You just want to stay with your friends. You know, you've given them the look. You know, and, and as I was speaking about that, you knew that that was you. You knew that, that there's been times where you've spoken negatively and you've given people the cold shoulder. You've known that that was you. And as I was speaking inside, you started to feel uneasy. You know what? You need to get your life right with God. You need to firstly go to God and ask for His forgiveness. But then you need, if you have actually offended someone, you need to go to that person and you just say, look, I'm sorry, I asked for your forgiveness where I've hurt you. You know, as you do that, even though it's humbling, as you do that, you'll see a new power, you'll see a new anointing be released around your life. It's every eye closed and every head bowed. You know, there's people here who You've taken your eyes off the source. There's people here, you've taken your eyes off the source. Who is God? And you're sitting here and you wonder, where's my life been all these, this last six months? Where's the passion that I once had gone? Why is it gone? Where's it been? Because you're taking your eyes off the source of God. If that's you here tonight, I just want, to put up, I want you to put up your hand and just say, man, that's me. I know that's me. I know I've lost the passion. I know I've lost the desire. Because tonight God wants to give you a new fire. Tonight God wants to give you a new passion. But you know what? It's not about just coming up here and being prayed for. It's about a change of heart. It's about a change of heart. And having your heart changed and moved towards God. There's also people here, and you've known you've spoken against other people in this church, or even spoken against people in your workplace, and you wonder why. Why things aren't working out for you anymore? It's because of the words you've spoken. Because of the things you've done that have brought this unity that haven't been within unity and the plans and the purposes of God. If that's you here tonight, I want you also to put up your hand. I know these people here, you've done that. You know that you've done that. Awesome for those guys putting up their hand. Same thing, man. It's about a heart change. And you could come up here, you could pray for you, and, and, and you could walk out the door exactly the same if you don't change your heart. So what I encourage you to do is this week, you know, is just connect with God. Let God speak to you. Let God minister to you. Let God show you the things that you've done that have hurt people, the things that you've done that that have been negative words against people where you've lost your passion. Ask him to change your heart. Ask him to change your heart and he'll do that. As we sing this song, just love it for us just to fill this altar and just worship God in unity with one voice, one accord and just glorifying the power and the presence of God. Glorifying God because He is worthy to be glorified. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be in one accord and in unity, praising the great, most high God. He is worthy. So come, let's fill this altar and let's sing praises to God.